She was an ordinary woman that God used to do extraordinary things, and Jim was too. Mm -hmm. They were just ordinary people. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Hi, this is Todd Nettleton from The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. I want to welcome you to a special bonus episode of the VOM Radio podcast. Several weeks ago, I was at the Museum of the Bible for the opening of a new exhibit there on the life and writings of Elizabeth Elliot. And while I was there, I got to sit down with Kathy Reek, who is the president of the Elizabeth Elliot Foundation. Our conversation was brief, shorter than a normal VOM Radio episode, and the sound quality isn't great because I just had a portable recorder. We weren't in a studio, but I know you're going to be blessed by this conversation. Elizabeth Elliot was a hero to so many people, and Kathy herself calls Elizabeth a spiritual mentor. I want to encourage you, if you're traveling to Washington, D.C. this summer, be sure that you make the Museum of the Bible one of your stops and visit the Elizabeth Elliot exhibit that's there VOM is one of the sponsors of the exhibit, and in fact, you can receive a free copy of my book, When Faith is Forbidden, while you're there. And if you can't go to Washington, D.C., you can still visit. There's a great deal of information on the museum website about the exhibit, and you should also visit the Elizabeth Elliott Foundation website, where you can listen to some of Elizabeth's talks you can read some of her devotionals. You can see amazing pictures from her life and just learn so much more about her. We'll give you links to both of those sites in the show notes for this episode at our website, vomradio.net. Now let's listen in to my conversation with Kathy Reeg, the president of the Elizabeth Elliott Foundation. Kathy, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you so much. It's a delight to be here. As we think about uh, Elizabeth Elliot, and, I, and maybe let's start with a little background because you're not just the president of the foundation, you actually knew her <laughs> and were a friend. Um, so talk a little bit about your relationship with her, how you met and, and how you ended up being the president of the foundation. Well, that's an interesting story. <laughs> that's good. Actually, I, I wouldn't consider that I was good friends with Elizabeth. I did meet her in the 90s and I always considered her a spiritual mentor at that time and then once she had dementia unfortunately is when um, I got to know her husband better and we communicated they'd come and stay with us but unfortunately she was not in the communicative mode uh, okay. uh, at that time but it was really a precious relationship even then because the Holy Spirit never leaves us no matter what what situation our body is in um, that Holy Spirit's right there it's interesting to me that you consider her a spiritual mentor. Mm -hmm. We're obviously here at the Museum of the Bible for an exhibit. Um, I think we could count thousands, maybe tens of thousands, who maybe hundreds of thousands, who would say, yeah, Elizabeth Elliot was a spiritual mentor. I never met her, never talked to her, but she was a spiritual mentor to me. Did she understand that? Like, like, did she know how many people had been inspired by her story and her life and her writings? 
or would she be kind of surprised to think about tens of thousands of people? You know, I think she she knew that because of the amount of letters she received, and she was always diligent in replying to those letters. And she, I mean, seriously, there are many people who have received communication from Elizabeth, myself included, back in the 90s, that Which one time. probably at some times was almost a full-time job, just writing exactly. all those people back. Exactly, no, she, she received hundreds and thousands of, of letters from people and and really heart-wrenching some of the stories and she would always encourage them but I think first and foremost she wasn't there to counsel them but to just send them back to the Word of God and on their knees and pray about these situations and some of the situations were heart-wrenching you know but she she was aware but she was so humble she really really was um, I think her gifts of teaching, you know, God just spoke through her and the truth, but she really, um, she always gave the glory to God. She never tried to touch the glory of God, ever. So I think that's the most important thing, you know. Talk to me a little bit about the work of the foundation. What do you do today? What, what is your mission? Um, and how did you become a part of it? Well actually at her funeral that night after her funeral I was in the house and that was actually the first time I'd ever been to their house right on the ocean on the Atlantic it was lovely but I was there with a number of uh, the caregivers who'd taken care of her over the years that came for the funeral and we were praying we were all on our knees praying and God just clearly gave me just this not a vision or not a it was just a whisper it was like, there must be a foundation. There must be a place for all of these artifacts. I mean, I'm looking at the spear, I'm looking at the blowgun, I'm looking at these Cornell Kappa photos, the, you know, the stools that she had in Ecuador. I'm thinking, and here they are, just sitting around the house. And anybody could walk in, of course, my fear is like, they're gonna walk in and take them. But God placed it on my heart at that moment, and that was 2015 when she passed away. And so over the years, like Mary, I just pondered it in my heart and waited and kept talking to Lars about it periodically. And then the day came when he and Valerie in 2019 both said, you know, if you think you should do that, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when we did. So then did they, like we talk about the spear and the blowguns and some of those things, did they say, come and get them? Did they send them somewhere for story? Or how? Well, okay, so how that worked, I kind of back up a little bit, because um, in 2018, you know, once I, Lars had said, okay, you know, that's okay. You, we can maybe think about starting something. I called Steve Green. And that was the impression I felt. I knew a number for things were archived at Wheaton, mm -hmm. but they didn't have a place for these these actual artifacts. And so I called Steve Green and he said, hey, Jackie and I will fly in and we'll meet you in Massachusetts. So we did and they looked through the things and we walked away from that meeting knowing that God had a plan. We didn't know exactly when, but the wheels began to be in motion. The, the seeds were planted mm -hmm. then. And then um, actually in 2019, Lars moved from Massachusetts to Arkansas to be closer to my husband and I. Uh, 
because he had an ongoing beginnings of dementia. And so that's when we began turning over some of those things to the Museum of the Bible and then formed the foundation in 2020 is when the foundation was formed. So here we are. We're off three yeah. years down the road. Yeah. When people, obviously we're at an exhibit today, we're opening a new exhibit here at the Museum of the Bible. When people go through the exhibit and when they walk out the door, what do you want them to take with them? Long pause. <laughs> what do it's I want? It's a hard question. It, it, is, it is a hard question. Um, I'll try to say this without getting emotional. Um, I want them to see a woman who served God well, but who trusted and obeyed her Lord, no matter what the cost was. Uh, I want them to see what it looks like to walk in faith. In faith when you can't see what's ahead down the road but you know he's calling you to do something and that's been it's been a little bit and I can see certainly not from that standpoint of going into the jungle and carrying your child on your back into a, a savage tribe that just murdered your husband okay um, but from the beginnings of this foundation and when God whispered to my heart this I go back to Hebrews, when you hear the voice of the Lord calling, do not harden your heart. And that's how I desire to live my life as well. And so pursuing that which he has his hand on is always going to produce fruit for God's kingdom. And that's exactly what she did. She spoke truth and she did it, I mean, sometimes boldly that was offensive to people. They don't like it, and especially in today's world, it's, it's really hard to stand firmly, feet planted in God's word. But that's where she was, and that's what I want people to come away from. It seems like she did an amazing, amazing job of doing that in different stages of her life in completely different circumstances. I mean, obviously, a primitive village in a jungle is very different from a house on the ocean in Massachusetts. Um, she managed to find God's plan in all those different stages. Is there any uh, is there any secret to that that you think she had, or any advice that she would give about uh, finding that plan and that path through very difficult times and in different stages of life? I think. Well, I I really think that there were major challenges for her. I mean, obviously she lost Jim at a young age, then she lost another husband, a second husband, Addison Leach, to cancer, um, after a very brief marriage. And then she married Lars Grin, who God ordained that, that union, but it was a difficult one, incredibly difficult. And um, I will say Lars was, um, he was very controlling, uh, he was her manager, but I do believe God used that union to keep her humble. But it wasn't an easy time of her life, and there will be many people that can relate to that. Ellen Vaughn has a second volume of her authorized biography coming out in the fall, and it will be somewhat of an eye-opener. But I think when, when Elizabeth spoke of suffering or spoke of living through difficult times, she really was living it. 
even in her own home sometimes, in her own marriage. Interesting. But she stayed the course that God had called her to, and she continued to write, continued to teach, and then only by God's plan, sovereignly, she had dementia, and then Lars took care of her for 15 years. You know, I, I mean, God kept her in a place of, I mean, I, you think of Joseph in prison or Paul in prison, or, I mean, imprisoned in this body where she can't even communicate. And, um, and she was a communicator. I mean, I mean that was, was her whole... That's right. Yeah, that yeah. would be amazingly difficult. And, and, and the man who had often been, that she dearly loved, she absolutely loved, loved Lars, and Lars loved her as best as he could. An abused individual at a young age, he, he did. But it was, you know, this relationship, and then to have him care for her 24-7, you know. Do you worry any about the second volume of this book and kind of presenting the warts and all view? Um, we don't always like to see warts on our heroes. Is that, does, it, does that give you pause? No, it doesn't. It doesn't give me pause. It did at first when I, when I read the first um, draft and we went back through and Ellen was so gracious and uh, prayed over and, and she tweaked a number of things. And I, this, this volume it is, it, it is warts and all, but you know what? That's life. That is us. And that is Elizabeth. And if you've read Amy Carmichael's A Chance to Die that Elizabeth wrote, a lot of people didn't like that book either. You know, she wasn't one to gloss over or make it appear, and she never would have herself. Right. I mean, she, um, it, not in pride, I think in humility, uh, she would have never thrown Lars under the bus. She wouldn't have, because she knew he was her head. Mm -hmm. And she referred to it often in her talks. She really did. But... I think for people to now know a little more of the story, I think some of them think maybe she was a little harsh or maybe she was a little bit, but when they see a little more inside what was happening, I think they'll, they'll identify mm -hmm. with her. And I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I think it's easy to think, you know, Elizabeth Elliot, the wife of a martyr, she was a saint. She never had any problems. It was... And so to see that and be like, oh, yeah, she went through some of the same stuff I'm going through. She dealt with some of the same challenges I dealt with actually makes her more relatable and makes her story more powerful. Exactly. Coming back from from being overseas and being kind of a sheltered in her life, um, you know, not really listening to classical music or knowing all these things. And then she came back into the Jesus revolution, basically, you know, and she had a lot of questions with the church and some of them got upset with her. You know, um, because she really did. She didn't see the organized church. It was the same reason that a lot of the younger people were um, in a revolution of sorts in Christianity. And so um, she wasn't a, a liberal revolutionist by any sense of the word, but she did. You know, she did question some of those things. And I think when they when they see that, they'll they'll go, wow, you know, she isn't like a hard-as-nails kind of a person. She really, um, she was an incredible woman. I mean, I, I don't idolize Elizabeth. She was an ordinary woman that God used to do extraordinary things, and Jim was too. 
Mm-hmm. They were just ordinary people. But so was Paul. Yeah, that's true. So was David. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the foundation. And especially, I want to point people to the website because okay. there's so many resources there and more coming in the, in the months and weeks to come. Talk a little bit about making all of this material, what people can find at the website, and then how much material. Like if someone wants to dive deep, they can dive really, really deep. Yes, you really can. And and that's what that's what we want to we we have put in our in our statement which Kurt's daughter uh Molly helped us with uh in in wording, but it's a repository of of all of Elizabeth's work so that you'll be able to go if you saw her in 19 19- 97 at at a retreat and you're like oh my gosh what did she talk about we want you to be able to go there and find that talk you know we're working on putting all those things there and making them available and we have great resources which in some cases is the audio like you can listen to the talk you can (laughs) listen to the talk and then we have curated podcasts of her gateway to joy now but all those gateway to joys are on there too all of her newsletters are on there um, we, wow. we have new devotionals that uh, we have a staff that they're, they're pulling out from mm-hmm. old you know, resources and books that she wrote, but making them for now. Um, my daughter, uh, she does takes care of all the, the media coordinating, and so all that social media that you see, those are all quotes. You could, we can quote Elizabeth between now and the end of I have no idea when you know long before we're all gone uh-huh. because she's so quotable uh-huh. um, so that's that's the things that you can find on the website and what is the web address it's Elizabeth with an s with an s Elliot with one t dot org Elizabeth Elliot dot org mm-hmm. Kathy thank you for furthering her legacy Uh, And thank you for being our guest on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for inviting me. You've been listening to a special bonus episode of the Voice of the Martyrs Radio podcast. We'll be happy to share links to the Museum of the Bible exhibit, as well as the Elizabeth Elliott Foundation website in the show notes for this episode on our website, vomradio.net. And if you would, please take a moment to rate or review the VOM Radio podcast on whichever app that you're listening on. That helps us reach out and find new listeners. We're going to be back this weekend with our regularly scheduled episode and a conversation with Aaron Miller. He is fresh back from a trip to meet persecuted Christians in Africa. That'll post this coming Saturday morning right here on the Voice of the Martyrs podcast network.